0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the MLB Extras Yankees podcast. I'm Tim McMaster, along with Brian Hoke, who is back after enjoying some time off. Mark Feinsand did his best to fill your shoes, but nobody can quite do that, Brian.
1: Wow. Well, that's a very nice thing to say. Uh, You know, uh, I can I can do a Mark Feinsand impersonation if that helps. I'm, I'm here talking about the Yankees, but. Uh, no, good to be back. Um, yeah, I love Mark. We, he and I are working on a book together, so we've uh, we've spent a lot of time hanging out.
0: I was going to say, you're co-authors, so you guys better get along, uh, or at least you have to work. Uh, yeah. Well,
1: I mean, I'm not going to say it's all been sunshine and roses, but uh, <laughs> we've come out with a finished product on the other side, so it's been, it's been good. He's, he was great to work with, and I honestly couldn't have got it done without him.
0: All right, uh, let's get back to the Yankees, and the winter meetings are coming, and hey, this franchise – has a history of making a splash from time to time during the winter meetings. I remember just a year ago when uh, the Giancarlo Stanton stuff went down. So this year it'll be interesting to see how things play out. Obviously from the get go, Patrick Corbin was like, I don't want to say the number one target, but certainly one of the big targets for this Yankees team. And he is now signed with the Washington Nationals, who went six years and one hundred and forty million dollars, which I think by all accounts is some sort of an overpay, Brian. But if it gets you the guy, I guess it was worth it. Some of that money is deferred Um, reportedly. Now, tell me if I'm wrong or if I'm right on this. The
1: Yankees were in the five year one hundred million range. That's what I've been told is that the Yankees were okay. at five years and close to a 100 million, a little bit over than that. But um, yeah, they were not willing to budge off that. And when word got back to the Yankees that Corbin was going to have a sixth year from either Philadelphia or Washington, they basically wrapped, they packed up their tent and said, okay, on to the next thing. And um, so, you know, I. I... Looking at the offseason coming in, I I thought Cortman was a lot to come to the Yankees. There were so many reasons that he was a good fit, you know, having that left-hander, a big strikeout guy, ground ball guy in Yankee Stadium. He's an upstate New York native who grew up a Yankee fan, idolized Andy Pettit. I mean, a lot of the pieces fit, but at the end of the day, the Yankees just don't give out six years or more to pitchers very often. I think there's only three of them that they've done it for, and, you know, they obviously Brian Cashman did not feel comfortable putting him into that category so uh yeah as as I said now it's on the next one because the Yankees do need to add another starting pitcher
0: and the next one you would think would be one of a handful of guys uh Jay Happ obviously in the conversation Nathan Evaldi would have been one of those guys a former Yankee but he goes back to Boston And that's not a surprise. One of the heroes of the postseason run, Uh, the Red Sox needed a starter. I feel like with Evaldi, this was a situation where the fit in Boston was maybe just more comfortable than a possible move back to the Yankees, especially when the Yankees um, let him leave.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it's more recent in his mind, too. I mean, look, he just finished Spring's champagne and he was a postseason hero for the Red Sox. And, you know, like those guys uh, from 04 and 07, he'll never have to pay for another beer anywhere near Yawkey Way. So uh, he, he's part of one of those Red Sox teams that brought it home. And. Um, I think there's some value in that and as you said you know he blew out his second Tommy John and the Yankees decided not to rehab him they they moved on the Rays actually took that on and uh, rehabbed him brought him back and cashed him in for prospects so yeah I think that um, you know the the names that Cashman has talked about so far publicly are Jay hap he talked about Evaldi talking to them and also Lance Lynn three guys who had been in pinstripes in in recent vintage and um, they talked to the indians about carlos carrasco who's now been locked up on, on another deal uh cory kluber still hanging around out there maybe that's something they want to revisit during the winter meetings and uh you know i, I think that now that corbin's off the board the most appealing free agent pitcher out there could be dallas keichel and um, as i mentioned the yankees really like the ground ball rate on corbin well keichel is your ground ball ultimate guy and So I I think that, look, he's got a a few more miles in those tires. He's 31 years old. But um, Keuchel, I I think just talking to people who know him down in Houston, he would really take well to New York. He said he would shave the beard if he had to. Um, I I think it makes sense for the Yankees to look into it. I'm sure it's something we're going to hear about more at the winter meetings.
0: You talk about whether guys can hack it with the Yankees pitching in the Bronx and everything that goes with that. And Dallas Keuchel has proven <laughs> that he can do that, Brian, just not for the Yankees. But he has gone into Yankee Stadium, heard it from the crowd, and shut down this Yankee team, including the wildcard game a few years ago where he was just spectacular. So at least you know from that standpoint that this guy can, can get it done and deal with that pressure as well.
1: For sure, yeah, and yeah, uh, Yankee fans do not have great memories of going up against Dallas Keuchel, but uh, I think it's it. Every option is on the table right now, and you know what Brian Cashman has talked about. They want to add at least one more starting pitcher to this rotation. They they did get James Paxton, which is going to help fill that out between Luis Severino, Masier Tanaka, CC Sabathia. They will trade Sunny Gray at some point, so maybe that turns into a useful piece for them. Uh, they're just clearly ready to give up and see that it's not going to happen in New York and that he'll have to, Sonny Gray will have to go on and uh, resuscitate his career somewhere else. But um, so starting pitching is the key. Uh, They're looking for middle infield help because they know that Dee Gregorius is out until at least June, maybe as late as August. Um, So they're going to be looking for help at shortstop and second base. They want bullpen help. So uh, there's a lot of things still for the Yankees to check off here as they head to Vegas for the winter meetings.
0: And you mentioned middle infield help and obviously the big, The big name is Manny Machado, so we might as well touch on that. Bryce Harper is a Las Vegas native. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think we'll see him there because I think he's the kind of guy that will want no part of the winter meetings being in his hometown, but I'm sure teams will be talking to Bryce Harper out there. They'll just be doing it maybe in his basement. I'm not sure, but um, Manny Machado obviously helps out and fits maybe the the roster a little better right now. What's the latest on those two guys? Is it just a matter of the Yankees staying in contact?
1: Yeah, I think it's more of a back burner thing right now. It, the Yankees have not come out guns blazing for either guy. Uh, they have spoken to the agents for both players. So uh, and I know that at some point this offseason, the Yankees were even thinking about how could Bryce Harper fit? Um, you know, they brought up internally, would he fit as a first baseman? They've got Luke Voigt and Greg Bird battling for it. But how realistic is it that they could have Harper at first? And uh, I know it's something he was – kicking around a little bit last year with Washington. So I I think it's, it's out there. Um, But that being said, they, they re-signed Brett Gardner to a a one-year deal. I don't think that's going to stop them from adding Bryce Harper to their outfield. And um, so if that does wind up being the way they want to go and look, a left-handed bat in Yankee stadium, especially when it's Bryce Harper, that'd be pretty good. Um, It's something we've talked about for years and years, but I think that an, a bat offensive players, those are secondary pursuits right now to pitching. That's really what Cashman is trying to hammer on. They were able to cross the finish line on the Paxton deal, and that took about a month to get done. So these things get, they move pretty slowly. Uh, I know that some of these names have come off the board, what seems like quickly, but they, these wheels have been in motion since late October. So I think... Uh, this is the offseason here. This is the part of the offseason where things are really going to kick up, and both Cashman and Aaron Boone have said they expect something to be done by the time they leave Las Vegas, so we'll see.
0: Every single team in some way, I think, has had a JT Real Muto rumor of some sort come across. Um, the Yankees are – have not avoided that, and it's interesting because the the talk was, or the rumors were, Real Muto and that the Yankees could include Gary Sanchez in a deal, which would obviously replace Real Muto as a catcher for the Marlins, and he would have a little more time as far as uh, years of control for the Marlins, but Cashman quickly kind of came out and and on the record has said that, that Sanchez is not for sale. Now, is that fact, or is that Cashman playing up how good Sanchez is in an attempt to trade him?
1: Mm, i believe it more to be fact i I think that if you're gonna trade gary sanchez right now you're trading while his stock is low i mean he's coming off a year where he didn't crack 200 he had more defensive issues he had just had surgery that this is not the time to trade gary sanchez so I, i i actually take what cashman is saying at face value uh they they have seen what gary can be in 2016 and 2017 and that's a middle of the order productive uh, you know frontline american league catcher and uh, one of the better catchers in the american league he was not that last year and and uh, neither offensively or defensively and maybe he comes back maybe that left shoulder was bothering him more than he let on at times i, I think certainly it affected him offensively maybe it affected him defensively as well uh, i think that he is going to be coming into spring training as a rehabbing player but um the yankees chances with gary sanchez behind the plate are so much better than they are if they wind up having to play Austin Romine or Kyle Higashioka for an extended period of the season. Uh, so they may go into the season with Romine and Higashioka behind the plate if if Gary's surgery takes a little longer to come back from. But uh, they say he should be behind the plate on opening day, March 28th. Which I can't believe that. That's coming up so soon uh, at Yankee Stadium. Uh, it's good, though. I, I'm, I'm ready for baseball now. I've taken a little time off here, and um, enough is enough. Let's Let's get on the field and start playing.
0: You're ready for baseball. I'm ready for spring. So either way, we can take care of that. All right. We
1: might not have that March 28th, so we'll
0: see. (laughs) It could be snowing on March 28th. We'll see. Uh, All right. So just big picture, winter meetings. I mentioned it off the top. The Yankees have been known to make a splash at times during the winter meetings. As you forecast next week from Las Vegas, do you think there's a big move to be had for the Bombers?
1: Um, I think that Corbin would have been a big move, quote unquote. I think that they're going to make a smaller move. Uh, I would expect. I think Jay Happ makes too much sense not to come back. I mean, this guy Pitts great. He was seven and zero in down the stretch after coming over from uh, Toronto last year. Really fit right in. And now that you've got guys like Corbin and uh, Evaldi to some extent, I don't. I never sense that they were really in on Evaldi very much. But now that Corbin's off the board. I think Jay Happ makes too much sense not to put in that rotation. I think he's another veteran guy you can lean on. Um, As I said, he seemed to fit into the room. Sometimes these guys show up, and it feels like they've been there for five years already. Um, I remember Todd Frazier was a lot like that in 2017. He came over, and it had been like he he was part of the furniture. Um, Jay Happ kind of fit that mold, and just kind of once he put pinstripes on, he just fit. And I think the Yankees saw that. So I would expect that to get done at some point here um whether that's a two-year deal a three-year deal i guess those are the things you you're still trying to iron out but i, I think they're going to move on from uh the corbin pursuit and once you get that next starting pitcher in there you can start focusing on bullpen help you can focus like we said on the big names like a machado and a harper i don't think machado and harper are going to sign by the end of the winter meetings but i guess you never know um uh, but it, it would sure would make it fun wouldn't it if one of those guys was going to the podium
0: It would be fun if it was Harper, certainly, in his hometown for sure. And I think you're right, though. Those are guys that are going to be January, if not maybe February. We'll see on when they uh, sign things up. We'll be there, though, if it happens next week. Uh, That's going to do it for this podcast. You can follow Brian at Brian Hoke on Twitter. I'm there at MLB underscore McMaster. You can find all of the MLB Extras Club podcasts on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and MLB.com backslash podcast. Next week, as I said, we'll be recording from the winter meeting in Las Vegas. I'm looking forward to it, Brian. Until then, for Brian Hoke, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time.